Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yes, Hi, welcome to another hey. week. Hi. With the Round the Way Curls, we have a very special guest. And before we share all of our updates. Oh. What? I'm going to. Drum roll. Oh, okay. I thought I'm it was going to introduce her. We're out of <laughs> sync this week. What's going on? <laughs> all right, ready? Go. Today, we are here with special guest Maori Holmes. We are celebrating Women's Month, so I wanted to bring on a woman that inspires me. Um, And so we have Mayori here. Mayori is a curator, filmmaker, and writer. She founded Black Star Film Festival in 2012 and serves as its artistic director and CEO. She has organized programs in film at a myriad of organizations, including Anthology Film Archives, Museum of Contemporary Art in Los Angeles, the Underground Museum, and the Whitney Museum of American Art. And she, as refined and dignified as she is, agreed to be with our raggedy asses from the top. So she's going to be with us the entire episode. Welcome, Maori. How are you? I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, this is like the 10th Zoom of the day, but you know, I'm oh happy no. to be here with y'all. Thank you for the invitation. Busy, busy lady. We so we just you. start with our updates. Um, I'll start with mine. My most exciting update this week is that I, I got new frames. I went many years without my glasses and my artsy boy finally was like, you need new glasses. So he helped me and pushed me to get my glasses that internet says are lesbian frames. So <laughs> I never said that. No. See, you want this is how people this is why people write the shit they write and they be like, Internet's problematic. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the beautiful woman I fell in love with rock glasses like that, but they were fake. So every time I look at you, and you y'all kind of look alike. A little bit in the face. A little bit in the face. She's browner than you. But you with those glasses just make me think about her. Well, I, oh. I but it doesn't not, make me look at you in a sexual make our way at all. Any more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Incontinence. No thanks. Um, it's like. <laughs> I had therapy this week and I had a little bit of a breakthrough. All right. Which is very simple, but it it has opened up a world of possibilities for me. Um, once, twice a week, I watch a little child and I've been watching her for a minute now and I she's just like family Jolie loves her she's like Jojo's little sister and she's the highlight of my week but nonetheless you know it's like 
it's still some labor. It's still like your day is cut up because you got to go pick her up and you got I got to make sure she's fed and well taken care of. I can't ignore her like I ignore Jojo. So I was just, you know, committed to caring for her. And then I just was like, I can just tell him this week I can't. I'm not going to do any child care this week. I, I'm just going to take a break. And that was such a breakthrough for me to just be like, oh, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not going to do that this week. So I'm looking for, um, it just opened up the possibilities of things that you don't like. You're not putting any, you're not, hopefully not disappointing anybody, but even if you are like, sorry, but you just got to take, put things down and it just has to be a little thing. And it's even sometimes it's things that you enjoy that you just like have to be like, all right, I need to free up some other space. So we to be continued, I love her very much. And JoJo's mad at me, but like that was like that was big for me. So shout out to therapy and uh <clears throat> that little breakthrough. So yeah. That's 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 it. I also do you guys follow Shaka Bars on Instagram? Child, he's a whole tep, and he just he just got me. He got me. He shared a he shared a a post about what you eat, and he got me ready to get a call like a colon cleanse. And he just it was just so I found myself again being like seventeen or eighteen and like ready to put on my long denim skirt and my head wrap. <laughs> And I was, I called Internet and I was you like, did. Internet, we need to change. And I'm still not complete, completely convinced that I shouldn't, but them Hope Tep, they be getting you. They be getting they you. And they're not, they're not always wrong. They're not always, yes, they're always, they're sometimes yeah. the truth is in there. And I'm a like, a little, little bit. They're not always right either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But that's been my week. What what about you, Internet? What are you up to? I did not have therapy, oh. and I had a bit. I didn't have a breakthrough. I had a breakdown. Mm. Another one. <laughs> um, I didn't really break down. It was more. No, nah, I guess it was a breakthrough. Down. I broke down and through. That's how it be sometimes. Yeah. Now. I'm just realizing how many people have to get out my life, mm. <laughs> and they're people who I've been like really close to. But they are not what I am. Does I deserve more than what they give me mm-hmm. and offer me? And it's been—it's just becoming clear. But it's been constant, and that's the thing that I think cuts the the deepest. Is that I'm like, this is not new behavior. You're just getting hip. And to like your own rec- patterns to your own patterns, and it's so yeah. deeply disappointing. Um, and it's people that like I love. Um, it's someone that I thought that I would spend possibly a significant amount of time with, if not my life. And he got the go. Like we've never crossed certain boundaries, but we've always talked about certain things. And like, no. No, 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 no. So he got to go. And that's painful. Um, But it's necessary because I've been doing so much praying about, you know me, my, my prayer for the last year and a half has been, God, please bring me what is mine. Mm-hmm. Whether it's work, whether it's friends, whether it's love, whether it's my, bring me what is mine, what is meant for me. And 
And what I didn't realize, God is so tricky that when you pray for that kind of stuff, God's like, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. But I'm also going to take away what's not yours. Yeah. And you, got, and you either got to let it, if you don't let it go, then I'm not going to bring you to other stuff. The tighter you, the tighter you hold on to it, the more you cutting your hand on that barbed wire. I'm, if you just let go, I can be, I can rid you of this nonsense, but you just hold on because you think you know better. Child. So <laughs> that's that. I'm ramping up on my house search. I have the audacity to be coming home. Oh, Shanti, that house not available. I'm <gasps> so sick. Somebody put a bid in. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Shanti because I, I called her and was like, did you see the house that I like? Blah, blah, blah. She's in the car. She's like, I'm going to drive over there now. Drives over. It's all up in the windows. It's so cute. It's so cute. All in the, all in the backyard, <laughs> through the alley, talking to the neighbors, but it's not available. And that's okay. Wasn't meant for me. Oh, see. Circle see? Are you back. working with a real estate agent? Or you're I, I am now. Um, I was just doing the search on my own, but what I'm realizing is so many search engines do not update. <laughs> yeah. So I am coming to Philadelphia this weekend, which I still don't know if Philly is the place, but I am coming to at least go around me and my mom um, to see different homes and to do the awful thing as to go to the bank and be like, what, what do I qualify for? Well. So fun times, but I like stuff. to be judged. That's big girl stuff, all of that. Yeah, I like to be judged. So me going in <laughs> and showing them, like, okay, this is what I have in this account and this account, and here's this and that. And so we'll see. If I don't talk to you people for like a week and a half, you know that my qualification was very low. But I don't anticipate that. And the book club. I am just so grateful to all you people. The book club is up and running. Jade and I just shot the third and fourth episode, the first and second, or the, excuse me, the third and fourth chapter. The first and second chapter drops this, not this Wednesday. Well, when you hear it, it'll be next Wednesday. And Barry, have just, you read The Coldest Winter Ever? That oh. is like the Bible. <laughs> the coldest winter ever, for real, for real. It, it, we make fun of it, like, oh, it's a hood book. But there's so much to unpack in this book. And that's what Jade and I are doing. We're like, we're really diving deep into these characters. <laughs> and I'm really serious. And these I characters are rich and complex. And I'm still in love with Midnight. Um, and, and shout out to Sister Soldier, because she's just masterful in how she, she drops this stuff in this book. But it's not preachy, but it's there. And like you, you don't quite you you like skim it as a kid where you know something's there, but you can't identify it. But as an adult, you're like, oh shit, that is yeah. The I think prison I was pipeline. probably I was under fourteen when I read that book. Same, I was on a cheese bus reading it, all hot and bothered, confused. So <laughs> it's really, I, and I'm really grateful because we already we haven't even dropped the first episode yet, and we have over five hundred some book club members. Wow! So shout out to y'all. We are going to have live event, not in person, but virtual live event where we could talk about this book. So just stay tuned. And Crown is so excited that it seems like they want to give some people some free liquor. So stay tuned. Sign up. If you want to sign up, go to withjadeandantonette.com or whatever and get your book because chapter one and two episode drops next Wednesday. I'm here for it. Mayori. How was your week? What are your updates? What's going on? 
What are your breakthroughs? Where are you located? In <laughs> Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as of COVID, um, I used to be a little bi-coastal, a little bi-curious coastal, and I would be in LA one week a month. Um, and the pandemic grounded me in Philadelphia, so mm. I've been here. Um, and uh, I don't even know how to... My week has been interesting. Um, I feel like there's a lot of really wonderful things happening professionally. Um, you know, experiments seem to just be sort of like happening and I've been wanting to make film again and I found a producer to work with and we had a really lovely conversation and I'm working on a project with some people that I really, really admire and I'm excited that they like invited me in, you know, that kind of thing. and. All that stuff feels good, um, but I, I've also had. I feel like last week was really challenging emotionally, mm-hmm. um, just around. You know, I I'm really tired of being solo, mm-hmm. and you uh, <laughs> you know, and I I'm know. not built for soloness, and it's not just COVID, right? And I think it's just. Um, yeah, I, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah mm. Friday night, and I just started thinking, I don't know, I, I just, I will be rambling right now, but I'm, I'm okay, but I feel like things are going well in one place, and I've been um, on my like wellness journey, I've been doing these private yoga classes four times a week for the last six weeks, and I started a class with an Ayurvedic nutrition specialist, and so I feel like stuff is is moving in that way and maybe this all has to happen but I'm just so ready to like be booed up and hopefully babied up and like how did that how did that connect to Judas (laughs) (laughs) I think the 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 inner hotep in me just like the you who was ready to be in your long denim skirt it just took me back to when I was the age of Deborah Mm -hmm. you know and seeing you know I think there was this moment when he like recognized her brilliance and like that they would build something together. Mm-hmm. And I think I can, you know, I am all about love and Venus all day. Taurus, sun, Pisces, moon, Libra rising. Oh, you know, yeah. just I'm all about love all day, every day. Right. <laughs> and so any story <laughs> I could take, you know, a scary movie and make it a romance. And so it was just that moment when he's looking at her and I was just like, is anybody going to look at me? And yeah. Me when she's reading smart? the poem. In that yes. when when she first comes in that room and he, and he offers her coffee, yes. I know it was that moment it started and then several later and I just thought they about to build a nation, you know what I mean? I just like all that stuff just came up for me and um, I think it's hard because I I the thing that your artsy bull says to me all the time is he doesn't know anybody good enough for me mm. right and so I think about like being in this position of feeling like you know. I don't see myself this way, but the feedback I get is like, you know, you're powerful or, you know, this and that. And so people aren't going to feel like they're up to your standards. And I'm just like, that's not real, but that's a perception. So like, how do you deal with that? And whatever it is, I'm, I'm at home alone. But that also feels like <laughs> so. talk, right? It feels like yeah. at, the, at some point it just feels like this is what people say to people who are single. No one's mm. good enough for you yes. yet. Shut the fuck yes. up. Somebody gotta be. 
Like, are you Somebody kidding? gotta be. I get it. Somebody been, yeah. you know? So yeah, that, that, that's, that's where it took me. Um, it, it took me many places, but that started, I think, just a lot of reflection on that, which, yeah. I'm also all out of crushes. So oh, that's the worst. That's my update. All out of crushes. All out of crushes. All out of crushes. And sleeping in the bed at night. Because then you alone. And then you just feel like, I get it. And you're like, is there anyone? Will I care? And then you start going back to the person that you cared about deeply. And you're like, is anybody going to compare to this person? Am I going to feel that way again? Even though this person wasn't the best person for me. Or even really a good person. Well, mine died. So he was. No. So it's like, that's horrible. It's not even an ex. (laughs) You know? So I get to like, it's a love. The rest of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I started thinking about that too, right? So I'm like watching. The oh, film, God, me. Right. And then that happened. I know. I know. Well, because I was like the last person who was like, you're so smart. You know, and like the anniversary is in two months. And so I just, mm. I started doing that whole thing. Um, but I also, I think the thing that got me thinking about it was that this way when you're younger, I do think men feel less threatened because we're all young and the future is so bright. And the challenging thing, I'm 42, and I think the challenging thing of being around men who are 48 and 50 and, you know, 46 is that they don't have that glimmer of hope, Mm. right? So you're dealing with men who have had a lot of disappointment, some of them, um, or they got kids or divorced or whatever, and that's like a whole nother sort of ball of emotional... So if they feel like you're doing it, then they really feel like, what am I going to bring to her? You know what I mean? And that's like a whole nother situation. Even if you see that they're beautiful and you know what I mean? Like it's like the They talk themselves the promise out of it. is not there. Yeah. God. Child, that's a whole so. other episode. Cause that could <laughs> just sorry. go down that's the a rabbit hole. I get thank you into. for thank you for sharing that though, I honestly. Know. You could have easily been like, I'm doing well professionally and you know, um but also I do think that there is there is something in, and I don't, I don't know if you were doing this before, if you're repeating it, but in the, the yoga or whatever that other part of you that you're like doing some alchemy with, similar to Antoinette, this other part of you for the first time doing this alchemy of being like, damn, there's this pattern coming up. So yeah. I don't think that it's um, like a, a, it's dead I think I still think it's like moving. Things are still happening. So, child, Antoinette, kick this off with your girl. Your 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 girl. Oh, child, I'm surprised you even wrote this. You wrote that. I didn't write that. For real. Child. Yeah. Stacy Dash wants to come home, and I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm good. Girl, now I'm not here for cancel culture. We all know that. But Stacy Boo, girl, I don't even think she really want to come home. What did I'm she just... say? Because I didn't even bother. Re- I just saw. She said she made a lot of mistakes. That was the basis of it. She made a lot of mistakes, and she has a lot to learn. She's sorry for. She's sorry if she hurt. If she hurt some people along the way, I said, girl. Girl, now if Trump would have won another goddamn four years, you wouldn't want to come home. You wouldn't be knocking on the door. Mm. Tried it. So shout out to Stacey Dash, who died 
she? She died in my heart. Oh. And now she's trying to resurrect. And oh. I'm just like, girl, I don't know. Shout out to her. It's keeping herself relevant somehow. She just she just do it, I guess. I don't know. Are y'all welcoming Stacy home? Y'all opening the door? You leaving the key under the mat? <laughs> May hurry. <laughs> no. Ah, it was the sweetest note. Keep your ass outside. She said, I mean, new number, who does? I hate to, to put value on people, but if I'm welcoming somebody home, it's going to be kind Yes. You know, I don't, we don't need Stacey. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. We, we need you all can say that. This fucked up podcast. I agree we don't with need Stacy. The door is always <laughs> open for Kanye. <sighs> what does Stacy give us? Clueless? That's it. She ain't give us she nothing. She was in the All Falls Down video crying. <laughs> she did do that. And isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, it was those two in that video. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah. Bless her heart. I mean, I, I if she wants to come home, I need more context. You know, how is she traveling? What is she bringing with her? Yeah. What is in the what bag? Is Where you come from? Her? It's Corona. Where you yeah. come from? Who are you, you with? Get what happened? Yes. Yeah. Child. She Shout got out to Stacey. Somebody gonna let her in. It's gonna be some mixed person that says we gotta forgive, but just not these mixed girls. Next, Kurt Franklin. I'm here for this. He cursed, <laughs> he cursed his fucking son out. Did you hear that, Mayori? Oh my God. No, Kurt Franklin was on the line. First of all, what the headline reads that Kirk Franklin cussed his son out. But when you listen to the tape, his son is wild. First, his son is 33 years old. Secondly, he's like, no, the fuck you won't. That's, you know, he's like popping off. And Kirk was like, I will, nigga, I will <laughs> break my foot off in your ass. Like, <laughs> listen, child. Many people have been cussed out in the name of Jesus before. <laughs> this is nothing new. He has I'm not, the wrath of God in his yeah, voice. Like I'm I not will quote unquote save, but I'm here for this kind of energy. And Kurt Franklin's daughter got hopped on and was like, "I will fuck somebody up for my dad, including my brother, because he's wildly wrong and disrespectful, and my dad is right, and we're still praising Jesus." Amen. Here for it. Kirk apologized too. He was like, "And you did not." Share the part in which I tried to get our therapist to come on the line <laughs> before I curse you the fuck out. I apologize. I am a human. <laughs> Duality is a thing. You can love God yeah, and curse people out. Absolutely. Especially, third, but children. it wasn't. A, it was. It would be one thing if it was like, because who was cursing? <laughs> Didn't Alec Baldwin curse his daughter out? Called her like a fucking asshole yeah. when she was like ten years yeah. old. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Haley, Haley Bieber. She was like that. ten. This man is thirty-three <laughs> years old. I love Alec Baldwin. He could get it too. He could get it. Uh, but that is—I love him. Oh, Shanti, can we talk about all the white men? Yes, please. She's also list. on the Larry David can get it band. Whack. She texts me after the episode, like, "Yeah, I let him pop." Like, <laughs> oh my god, I was watching Curb with my sister. <laughs> And she was like, is Shanti serious about that? I, yes. thought, I think she is. Yes. 
Yes. Oh, he would be so much fun because he's, no, he he's, wouldn't. Well, yes, he is. He's flirty and he's funny. He's flirty, he's, but he wouldn't be fun in the bed, though, y'all. Girl, he, he might he be. Might be. No, he wouldn't. Look at how he walks. He, he walks like this, <laughs> <laughs> and his hands are huge. Oh, you know what? He's Let from me. Brooklyn. I'm not he's a from good Brooklyn. judge of character, obviously. <laughs> so let me listen to you because the shit I've been coming up on, I'm like, the fuck is this? I love him. Did well, you guys watch the Grammys? I did. I watched them today while I was working. I didn't watch any of them. No, I just I saw we were on Cardi struggling in that thing. Cardi? Struggling. In her dr- she in said her- it was heavy. Girl. Girl. It was metal. It was heavy. Cardi just has to, really- she has to stop trying to do choreography. That's what I was thinking. Like, girls. I was like, girl, you don't have to do choreography. Just be yourself. Just wow out. But we don't need these five, Megan six, seven, like, eight. Yeah. Megan can do it, though. Megan Megan's can lightweight do it. coming the fuck through because she just graduated high school. Like, she was a cheerleader. Like, and got shot in the foot. And, got shot <laughs> and still killing it. And she's just out there. I just want to say with Megan, because I watched clips, Oppie, and she, the excitement she had. When she won that Grammy with Beyonce, she didn't give a fuck about that Grammy. She was like, I am standing up here with Beyonce. I don't care about nothing else. I would be like that. I know. And Beyonce was all sweet. Like, I'm so proud of you. And she was like, girl, she couldn't even speak. She she was geeking out. And then it was so sweet, too, because I was happy for her. Because she said, like, I was a kid in Houston who went to go see Destiny's Child perform. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to be like her. I'm going to be the rap version of her, just a little more ratchet. But I'm going to have that kind of stage presence. I'm going to do it. And look at her. I'm just so proud of her. And I love this little relationship with Party. He was posting her all night. All night on his stories. He was just I don't like... Know anything she, about him. He's he's a rapper. He's I actually like him. Um, but he is just uh, just obsessed with this girl, and all he does, he just always gassing her, as he should. As Hopefully, he should. he's not not yeah. shit. But he just gassing her, and he's gassing himself like I'm the luckiest fucking guy in the world. My Aww. another Grammy for my girl, and he's like, you know, putting up the screenshots of her when she Facetimed him. After it's just sweet, and it's nice to see. She had a hell yeah. of a year. She's lost her mom oh, yeah. recently. Like, it's just a lot. It's so much. And her who? Her grandmother. Oh, my God. See? Like, I just want to see that girl win so badly. I really, yeah. really She do. deserves it. I, I like. Does. I like her. Yeah. I really like her. And she can really fucking like rap. Her. Yeah. She can fucking rap. She can fucking dance. She's so sweet. And yeah. she's she brilliant with the brandy. Savvy. The branding. Hey, hotties. Like, she just knows. She's She's... She's got it. She's up next. So shout out to her. Yeah. That made me super happy. But Beyonce, the queen of all things, Beyonce Giselle Knows Carter is now, she leads for, for a singer. For a, She has surpassed Stevie motherfucking Wonder in them. Like she has the most Grammys in her shit. And she's going to get more. Think I think so? the person who yeah. has the, yes, the person who has the top is a conductor. And he has 31. And she has 20, what is it? Eight. 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 She's going to get, she's going to pass this human. And she's going to have the most Grammys ever for any fucking body. And and it's going to take a force 
to knock her down. And she looked shocked yeah. when Trevor No, because at first she was like, oh, okay, for a female. And he was like, and then any other artist? And she said, bitch, what did I do? <laughs> it was like when she was on stage, she realized that she she realized that she was Beyonce. Like she yeah. had that rec- that realization of, oh shit, I am a bad bitch. I didn't even want to come here today. I, I was surprised she was there. I was like, is Beyonce going to be there? Well, there she's there. Shout out to Well, Beyonce. so sweet. Blue one, two. Mm-hmm. Blue. First of all, Blue. the whole damn family. So Blue, Jay. Jay didn't win nothing this year. But Jay, her, just like, what kind of royalty? Um, just American royalty. John Poor Legend Sir won. And, and I they was like, gotta, John they gotta Legend has an album out? I was shocked. I was like, when did John Legend put an album out? Like, what? <laughs> I'm yeah, John shocked. Legend is consistent. He puts stuff out every year. We just not like, listening who's to it. The John Legend and the Nas one, and I was like, "What?" I was Nas even one? shocked. What yes, I didn't watch it. He won. I think Jay Electronica should have won, but I also didn't hear any of those other albums. So I was just like, "Who Jay are Electronica these people?" And how the fuck win. did Nas win? <laughs> Jay Electronica wasn't gonna win because he's with um, Minister Farrakhan. They he just gets that that um, little nom. They're not going to let him win. But isn't he with like a Rothschild? Isn't he like married to a, or. He is with the Rothschild. I don't even know if it's the Farrakhan as much as that album is like, you know, contemporary art to yeah. fucking yeah. regular art. Like, I don't think they would get it. Really? They they knew enough it's to why nominate it. It's giving it to Nas now and not Nas 15 I ago. know. Talk about you know? it. Because I was like, what the fuck? Nas. This nigga but came out with twenty six years ago, really. <laughs> even Beyonce, Nas should have gotten it the first album, and then right. after that, I don't care about anything else he's done. But even Beyonce, they're making like Black Parade's great, okay? It's but like, okay. They're, you're making up for the shit yes. for the years that Adele yeah. was like, "This should have been you." She yeah. still yeah. ain't win Album of the Year though. That girl still she, pulling them. I don't know if she deserves to win Album. Let of the me year tell yet. you something. It's like Denzel getting an Oscar for Training Day and not Malcolm X. Yeah, for Glory. They gave Martin Scorsese an Oscar for I don't know something that was not his best work you know his best work <laughs> yeah Paul Newman got it for something stupid you know what I mean they just do that and then at the end they're like well oh yeah listen Jesus is King Kanye got an album for the best gospel a album a Grammy he got a Grammy listen, shout out to Kanye we got they are similar him. to you I am I think that Kanye has been praying. I believe that all prayers are heard and answered. I think that Kanye has been praying similar to Antoinette's prayer of release me of anything that's not mine. So Kim's getting out of his life. Like shit is happening to him. So hopefully the space can open up where he's like back, where he can come back home. I refuse. The one thing I'm not going to do is blame the Kardashians for all Kanye shit. I, I blame because Kanye a lot of it. was Kanyeing before the Kardashians. To be very I'm with clear, the internet and everybody who knows him says he's been Kanyeing his whole life. But that's what got. That's what we love about him. Like I wouldn't want him not to Kanye. It's a different kind of Kanye that Kanye. he was doing. It started before Kim. It started before her, so we we cannot like Kim no, or you I don't, don't like I him. I think everybody just got mad when he Kanye'd and supported Trump. Then it was like, oh, this Kanye's off the hook. But when he was Kanye saying like President Bush does not like black people, that's everybody a very was different like, that's, message. No, that's, but he's still Kanye-ing. What he's saying is is 
different. Now he's Kanyeing about Christ, and everybody's like, nigga, why you ain't Kanyeing about... I'm fine with him Kanyeing about Christ. It's hard to take that at the same... In the same spoon as you Kanyeing about Trump. That's what I think everybody's slavery, about. But. Not, and slavery being a choice. It's hard to swallow that pill with the Jesus that stuff. The most. And then you selling yeah. merch at your Jesus function for 300 some dollars and it's a ripped t-shirt. That's kind I have confusion. Christ and he wasn't playing that. And never. he wasn't paying none of his singers, apparently. <laughs> he ain't paying that whole choir child. <laughs> And they, they was singing. Hype. They were singing. I know about three of them singers ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, pray for Kanye. God help this man. Help him. But um I was the of all the wins, I think Katrinata got his flowers. I was I, so happy. I was I didn't like his last album that much. I don't know if it was Grammy worthy, but you Shout tripping. out to Everything he does is Grammy worthy to me. The that first was... album is way better, but the, everything he does. I'll take a they they made up for their past sins with that one. He deserves. Shout and he to deserves God. to be a hot like a household name. Absolutely. Well, those are well pop culture. We're with the politics. Everybody get fourteen hundred dollars. Y'all, you <laughs> motherfuckers getting more than that. You get said, more. Go have I a want, baby I then while you in a pandemic, then. I was Get mad at shit when Amanda was like, I'm getting this about. Amanda's said, getting so much money. <laughs> I said, let me borrow. I, I texted somebody the other day, I, last night and said, let me hold your kid real quick. <laughs> let me hold that kid real quick. You got enough. Let me let me hold that one. Child. Do they have a I'm limit to that? Really... Does each kid get it? No matter if you have six kids, they all get in 1400 or I don't I know, know if taxes, there's a cutoff. You have a cap, like shit. You cannot I don't know claim if there's over a, five. If there's a cutoff, but I do know that a kid is, is getting you $1,400. And y'all know y'all not spending that on your kids. You fucking know it. JoJo is to getting piano lessons. That's a lie. She getting Gucci bags. <laughs> That's a lie. That she shit did. is going towards your credit card bill. <laughs> Shout out to you. But <laughs> I'm really happy about this. I think Americans deserve it. Um, I think they deserve more than $1,400. <laughs> In all honesty, but you know, I am happy. I know it's, I keep saying this, it's real cute and funny for the memes to be like, they not doing nothing, but there's a lot that's jam packed in this stimulus bill. And I really want to read it and unpack it, but I was really impressed that there is, um, money going to black farmers specifically because they have been, they have been mistreated. I didn't realize, and I was learning, listening to this uh, apparently there's like a black farmers association and the president was talking about how they like the taxes that they pay on their land. Sometimes it's different than white folks, like all this kind of crazy shit. And Lindsey Graham of course was like, this is basically reparations. And it's like, <laughs> actually it's not. So shut the fuck up. But there's stuff in this bill. Like the Democrats are getting flack from Republicans because Republicans are like, this is not about COVID. And some of it, I will say, they snuck some shit in here for the working man. But I'm glad. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get support around the $15 um, minimum wage, you know, but they tried. And I think that the, this is a testament to we have to get these motherfuckers out 
of the House and Senate. Like every motherfucker that voted against that needs to go. They are not. They're not. They're not here for your interests. They're voting against your interests. So I'm really happy about it. Um, I haven't been stimulated yet, but I look forward to it. To being stimulated. And I and I 17. look forward to really reading everything that's in that package and understanding it better because it has long-term effects. And Bernie Sanders was breaking it down too. He's really excited about this passing. And I need to be really clear that the only reason why every single Republican voted against this, mm. the only reason why this passed was because we won those runoff elections in Georgia. So these elections are so fucking important. So we need to stay um, activated because Iowa, where else? Michigan, Michigan, they're changing the laws now and making it harder for black and brown people to mm. vote in order to make sure that we don't have another, you know, democratic win within the um what is it? The midterms. So let's stay activated. Let's stay woke and let's pay attention and keep voting. So I'm here for that. Amen. Go ahead, Shanti. Amen. The Vatican. You skip one. Catholic church decided that they cannot bless same sex marriage. They can bless the individuals or have sensitivity towards them, but it does not and cannot bless sin. The Catholic Church said that. Chop the Catholic. <laughs> the Catholic Church said they cannot bless. But sin. they can have people molesting children and raping kids and everything the hell what else. What is this thing? It's just that's just. I'm saying people have this moral high ground. They think they're on in Jesus. It's just name. not logical though. It's just not even. It makes no sense. Shout out to Catholicism. Shout out to. To Catholicism. I learned on NPR, what as my life is slowly unraveling, everything is a lie, including recycling. Now, we talked about this before when I realized that recycling is a lie. You got to clean less them, than them 10 plastic containers. No. Less than 10% of the plastic that you use is recycled. Less than 10% of the plastic that you use is actually recycled. The the shit that is recycled, because a lot of times we sell our recycling to other countries, they only want soda and milk jugs. All of the other recycling, quote unquote, just goes and litters their land. So all of our recycling is just basically trash in Indonesia and parts of India and South Asia. There was a huge, number two, there was a huge campaign in the 80s and 90s by the petroleum companies in which they made all of these propaganda videos about how we should recycle. And they were the ones behind putting the numbers on the bottom of your recycling so that you can guess, you know, you can, they can sort out what the recycling is. No one damn well, ain't nobody sorting the shit out. So that's a lie. But just because it has a number one doesn't mean it's going to be recycled. It's not. It's not. You have 10 items of recyclables. Only one is getting recycled. So shout out to the, our future, everybody. And that shit was crazy. You are Everything so, is a lie. I'm really upset about that, too. But Everything is a lie. They pay for that. That's the oil and petroleum that make 
for plastic. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we're going to put this one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Y'all put it in the trash. And don't worry about it. You're doing your right job. All the stuff that you use, you feel good about it. You put it in the recycling. It's 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 not hurting the environment. It's just what are we littering. Doing? Just continue to recycle. It's, I mean, we we don't we don't have to use plastic. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is a forty year phenomenon. We act like we always use plastic. Mm. I think we only need plastic for needles and medical. You know, like medical disposables. Like almost everything else, we could go back to glass or cardboard. We don't need plastic. Mm. But I feel like we are using plastic because it's cheaper, right? And it's easier to, it's like cheaper to manufacture in yeah. terms of like, if you're, if you're selling a product, it's going to be more expensive for you to make that product and put it in glass, right? I think it's cheaper weight wise. Right. I'm not sure if it's cheaper than glass, but it, it weighs less. It's, it's making the petroleum companies a lot of money. So that's why they're like, don't you fuck with our ways of making money, our demand. That's how we make our money. That's depressing. Yeah. Everything's a lie, so it is depressing. I don't want to talk about sorry. It. No, I'm just it's done. I just wanna I just <laughs> I'm sorry. But I just think people need to realize that 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 number don't oh, mean nothing, baby. Sure. Shout out to Shanti ruining <laughs> lives. Keep going, sis. Keep going, Queen. Bah humbug. That's it. I won't report anymore. But that's it. Isn't That's there all something happening in Australia? You done with it? You don't yeah, I'm bring done. That, that only down. gets worse and worse. But um, <laughs> that's it. All right. So we're going to shout out the people that hold us down, that rock with us. Those are our new patrons for our Patreon. Tia MB, Sweeten Podcast, who is oh, Ashley. Ashley. Iffy A, or Iffy Ify or Ify? Ify sounds. Maybe Ife. Ife. With a Y? I F Y? With a Y? Oh. Ify. Ify A and Kia G. Shout out to y'all. You know who Shout you out are. to you. You know who you are. I hope you enjoy the content. <clears throat> we have more where that came from. Also, please rate, subscribe, do all the things, leave a comment. And help us get in front of more people so that we can get rich or die trying. Thank Amen. You. Amen. <laughs> get rich before the plastic catch up with this baby. <laughs> Shanti, I didn't know you had such Scorpio tendencies. My goodness. What's your sign, Internet? Libra. Aww. Libra with a Cancer Moon and an Aries rising. Ciao. Hopeless. And Hopeless. a Scorpio Venus. Hopeless. My Venus is in Gemini, so equal. Oh, you're nuts. (laughs) Shout out to you. I live. Yeah. All right. We're going to go on a break, and then we're going to come back and dive deeper into the um, life of Maori. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we are back with Maori Holmes. We are celebrating an amazing woman for Women's History Month. As a director, Maori's works have screened internationally, including her feature documentary, Seen Not Heard, Women in Philadelphia Hip Hop. She has also directed and produced works for Colorlines.com, Visit Philadelphia, and singer-songwriter India Irie. Her writing has appeared in The Believer, Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good, and How We Fight White Supremacy, a field guide to black resistance. Mary received her MFA in Film and Media Arts from Temple University and her BA in History from American University. She currently serves on the board of American Documentary, Asian Arts Initiative, the advisory boards of Ulysses, Ulysses Vidiots, and Lightbox Film Center, and is a member of Brown Girls Doc Mafia, the community board, and programmers of Color Collective. Mayori was a 19, 2019 to 2020 Soros Equality Fellow and serves as media maker in residence at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania, curator at large at the Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts, and a creative executive with Blackbird. You did that, girl. You did. She said, "Vidiots." I said, "Say what? Yes, work." You fucking that read that. You just Soros? read it. She, Soros? she did all of Soros? it. And we over here tripping. You, you get a Peabody, Shanti. That was Child. excellent. May May. Go ahead, girl. You be doing shit. She did a lot. Now, anybody that I know, anybody that references May- Mayori, anybody that knows Mayori is always like, yeah, she's just like, she's one of the hardest working people that I've ever met. I don't know how she does it. And so hopefully. In this interview, we can go into how you do it, why you do it. <laughs> Does it feel good position? while you're doing it? Like, we're just going to tap in a little bit. Um, Maori, tell us how you became Maori. Where, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? What, was, what is the making of Maori? We don't have enough time. <laughs> well, just start. Where the heck, where you grow up? <laughs> uh, so I was born in Los Angeles, and we lived there until fifth grade, and then we moved to Atlanta. Um, so I did middle and high school, sixth through 11th grade in Atlanta. And, you know, so I mean, I, I was raised between those two, and then I went to undergrad. I started at Howard, transferred to American, lived in D.C. for a couple years afterward, and then I came to Philly to go to grad school at Temple, and I've mostly been in Philly since 2001 when I came to go to grad school, although I did leave um, the year I got divorced. <laughs> and I went to grad school again at CalArts in LA, and then um, I also moved to LA for a job in 2018 and came back. So Philly has this way of... Uh, Calling you back, child. Yeah. My psychic says there's like a vortex and, you know, you'll, you'll yo-yo. And so I just accepted that I'll yo-yo. I don't feel tied to Philly, though. It's a strange... Mm. Thing. I feel That's at not home strange in LA. at all. Like at, in, in LA, I feel grounded. 
like in my body. Mm. And I feel like Atlanta, I have a lot of discipline when I'm there. Um, Philly, I feel kind of, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. Undisciplined? Raggedy? Uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Psych, I'm sorry. Shout out to Philly. <laughs> or raggedy, which is a, a colloquialism raggedy. I just learned. And you were raised by your mom? It was just you and your mom or your grandmother or I was raised, raised you? by my mother. Um, and I have a younger brother that I was also raised with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say my grandmother raised me. I mean, I, my father's mother definitely babysat me when we were in LA. Um, and then when I moved to Atlanta, um, my mother's parents had also moved there from Chicago. And so, you know, we'd see them on weekends and, and things like that, but my mother is, you know, primo. I don't know how she did it. That's a question when you ask how somebody did it. It occurred mm-hmm. to me a couple of years ago. I don't remember what I saw, but I was thinking about my mom who had me at 23, you know? And like, now I realize how young that is. But when somebody's your mom, like you don't consider their actual <clears throat> age. And she managed to have a full-time job, have two children who had totally separate lives. Me and my brother didn't share anything. We didn't share fathers. We didn't share holidays, schools, nothing. Like we had separate lives. We had separate cabinets for our food, you know? And so she managed two whole, like imagine two whole JoJo's. (laughs) Mm. I always like to say to people, I got this from my friend in Zynga that my mother has two only children, you know? Mm. And so we were totally separated. She managed us and she had an artistic practice on the side. She's a playwright and she managed to be in theater community writing plays, she worked as a theater critic, like all this stuff on the side, and managed to date. And she was I'm 23, like, that's why. That's why she could do <laughs> it, mean, for real. She, she did it all the way through. Like, I just, I feel like I struggle now, you know, making stuff happen. I can't imagine all those different things. And it, it makes sense now why I was complaining about not having, you know, brownies and shit (laughs) and a ride to school because she was making it happen. But, you know, I was really, really independent and um, my mother had been as well. And so I think she like fostered that in me. And I think about an example, she would sometimes say stuff to me and I don't think she meant for me to do it. (laughs) And then I'd do it and she'd be like, oh shit, you know? So I, I wanted brand name clothes. And of course she was like, no, I'm not doing that. And so she was like, you get a job. Oh, I think, no, 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 I want a relaxer. Uh, And she was like, no, you have to pay for it. So I was like, bet, you know? So anything she'd say, do, I made it happen. And I think she was like always eternally shocked. I got a car loan for my first car. I walked in the bank, they gave me $10,000. I had no credit, nothing. And my mom was like, okay. So I mean, I I just always was kind of, headstrong in that way um and I think had a healthy suspicion of authority uh which was definitely fostered (laughs) by her which is also annoying to her I'm sure so you she Antoinette and have and I have very different upbringings her her parents were very much like where you at who you gonna be with you you know your schedule is that and then mine was just like wait who are you oh yeah Shanti you're fine you're good you ate good so was it was it similar to kind of like you had a lot of of space and she was just kind of like checking in on you? I had a lot of space, but I also um, shared a lot with her. You know, mm. like 
I've heard from people that our relationship is probably similar to what yours and JoJo's may be like. And so, you know, I would tell my mom. <laughs> she said, I heard from the grapevine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wonder how she heard that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I remember I would, I would call my mom. Uh, I, w- I went to Freaknik at 14, right? Like my mom and I had this pattern because I have a brother who's uh, 12 years older than me. And, or maybe he's 11 years older than me, 12 years younger than my mom, something like that. But my mom and I would share friends. So we'd have friends that were like in that middle point in between us. And we very much acted like friends. I wouldn't say like sisters, but we, would, we acted like friends and we still are friends. And so I shared things with her that a lot of people don't necessarily share with their mothers. Um, I think my mom, it was really important to her that, you know, I think like a lot of people in her generation, she wanted to know her kids in a way that, you know, her parents' generation didn't know them. And so um, I would go to a party and be like, yeah, mom, like, I remember this one friend, uh, I don't want to get anybody in trouble in case they see this, but uh, I was 14 at Freaknik. This is an example. And there was an artist or a group like a, a, an R&B singing group. And one of my friends had like, you know, was, was putting it down. Ooh, one, one of, of the your friends had sex with Jodeci? It's like, <laughs> not Jodeci. Shout out to you. You know who you are. Who was it, Drew Hill? <laughs> your 14-year-old friend, young girl. She was 16. Mm. Shout out um, to her. But like I called my mom and told her where I was. And I said, oh, we're at the hotel, Nico, and we're out, you know, da 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 And so as long as she got those updates and I'd be like, so can I, you know, I'm not going to be home for two more hours. Like it was like that kind of currency. And I think because she knew she could trust me, right? Like she knew I was square. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could just look at me. She knew I was square. And as long as she felt like she knew where I was, she felt okay. And she was also the kind of parent who was like, here's drugs. Here's birth control. Like, here's these things that you're going to encounter. And I um, I had a rebellious phase. And my rebellious phase, because my mom was like us, right? So my rebellious phase was trying to be normal. So I was a cheerleader mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to, like, be straight and narrow, straighten my hair. I was going to be, like, Miss Sham- I was Miss Shambly High, trying to be in pageants, wanted to be in Jack and Jill, all this stuff that my mother just was like, please. And in that phase, I dated a guy all my religious experience are following dudes. And so I've been Christian, I've been Muslim, I've been whatever, following some dude. And my Christian phase, um, I think I was about 13 or so, and I remember <laughs> my mom coming to me and saying, so we should talk about sex, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't need to talk about sex. I'm not having sex until I'm married. And she busts up laughing. She just I was love, like, that is said, the most oh, you hilarious thing I've heard. That's so funny. <laughs> She's like, come back when you're 16. Um, but, you know, it was like that kind of parenting. So it, it was not laissez-faire, but it was not super strict either. I mean, I another example, I was on the phone with this boy, probably like seventh grade, and about to get him to pay me to, or no, I don't, I don't think I was going to pay him, but I was going to do his homework. And my mom picked up the phone and she said, I hope you charge him. You know, so it was like that. Yeah. So she wouldn't, you know, so she you had a lot of space. Of I had space, but then I also, of course, because she's my mother, like I hated her. So I also yeah. feel like there were the things <laughs> that I wanted that she didn't do. You know, I didn't feel like she let me stop dancing and she like she let me quit things and I switched schools mm. and like there was no boundary. Yeah. As long oh, as I like we're very similar in that way. Made a defense. She would be like, OK. 
And so mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wanted different, you know, I wanted her to pick me up from school. I was on the bus a lot, you know? Um, so, but it, I, in, in hindsight and after a lot of therapy, she did an amazing job and she did the best she could solo, right? Like I think about things would have been different if there had been somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm amazed. Shout out to Mom Dukes. Yeah. Shout out to that. Who, who, you have very good taste. Well, You're a curator. Thank you. So who helped your, when you were young, where did these ideas or the, the forming of what was beautiful to you or like what, what was your first form of art? Like, wow, this is, I love this. This is gorgeous. This, this looks good. And you developed an opinion around it. <laughs> well, my mother would say I came with my opinions. Um, you know, I've never been asked that question. So I'm trying to think about how to answer it honestly. I, I started to say nobody, but that's not true, of course. Um, I definitely had a strong idea about things, though, visually, and always have. I remember in kindergarten telling my mother she was fired from picking out my clothes. You know, and because I just, she didn't get me. She still doesn't, right? Like that's a Mm. point of contention for us Um, because she'll think about something like even for this birthday this year, she bought me something from this label, this Swedish label that I was into 15 years ago. So like now she got it, you know what I mean? And I was just like, I don't rock that. But um, anyway, yeah. So even at, even as early as like five or six, I was very much like, I'm not interested in that and I want to wear this. Um, so was it clothes then? Was clothes oh. the form of like, oh, this is what oh, yeah. I find to be beautiful yeah. versus like art or anything else? It no, was no, clothing? I mean, my mother's a painter. Um, so we had art around us. A lot of her friends are artists. A lot of my family members are visual artists, actually. I mean, my grandmother had been a painter and all of her kids have visual art talent. Um, so that's why I'm saying it's like wrong for me to say it didn't come from somewhere because... If I think about it, so my, much. my yeah. mother's mother was a Taurus, um, which is, I think, <laughs> why my mom probably punished me in different ways for that. Um, but also on my father's side, my father's mother uh, was a seamstress and my father's father was a tailor. So I have on both sides mm-hmm. like a very strong sense of like fabric and working with, you know, visual things. Um, but I had never processed that. And I also... Um, imagine my visual sense was shaped by both my mother and my father's family. Um, they were very, they are very, uh, you know, <laughs> like my mother's family is like very well educated and, but not like wealthy. And my father's mm-hmm. family, they're the kind of, you know, work in the government and then make a lot of money. But like, I won't say they're not educated, but they're not like cultured the way my mother's family mm-hmm. is, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. my, my mother's family that would never say nigga, ever. Like, that does not happen in the, that world. And then, of course, my father's family, that's what they say, opening the door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the, like, super white neighborhood, you know, trying to be mm-hmm. uh, the Jeffersons. So, it's an interesting uh, combination there. But I say that to say that I think how things appeared were important to them and are important to them and the way their houses are decorated, like... I have a very strong mm-hmm. sense of like 80s Southern California decor in my mind. And with my mother, I think my mother has pretty good taste. Um, 
even now I think about how she decorates, like we have the same bed and you know what I mean? We have, she sent me this picture of a leather rug she bought the other day. Like she's cool. A leather rug. A leather rug, yes. Shit. <laughs> <Shout out laughs> <to> mom. <laughs> so LA to Atlanta to mm-hmm. Philly. To DC to Philly, right? To DC to Philly. Yeah. And then you're in Philly when shit is when when like I was too young for this kind of Philly, but you were in Philly when Philly was just like blooming in a particular way around neo soul and yeah. music and art. And like those, these were the people that you were, you know, these were your homies, and so you became like this Philly John, and then from that comes Black Star. Mm-hmm. So you go to school, you teach, and then Black Star film. Like, what? Wh- how does Black Star come about? Oh, that also feels like before a Black Star. There's Black Lily. Mm-hmm. So Maori was behind Black Lily. Oh, not, really? this, not the concert series. So I want to be clear because I'm a little too young to have been behind that. So um, I worked in the music industry in high school. I interned for Dallas Austin. I was in the Zulu Nation chapter in Atlanta. Shout oh. out to Clark Atlanta University. Very hotel. And I used to follow around a DJ there and, um, you know, oh, found myself. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself. Like, I didn't ever think about the music industry, but I found myself interning at Dallas Austin at Rowdy Records and was really good at it. And then when I got to Howard, of course, like Howard and the music industry are so symbiotic. And I ended up getting an internship at Sony my freshman year and then came back my sophomore year as a college marketing rep. And at that time, for the urban department, you had, it was basically like a real job. Like I had 30 colleges under me that I was supposed to be marketing Maxwell and the Fugees and Groove Theory and all of that to these colleges. And so I had to, my boss would say to me, if, I, if you can't get me in the club when I come to your town, you're fired, right? And I mean, I don't know how serious he was, but I took it very seriously at 19 years old. Um, so I made it my business to, to know people. And I think it helped that um, I grew up in West Hollywood and I always like to think like famous people and things like that don't impress me. I mean, I'm lying. If I saw Beyonce, <laughs> I would be totally impressed. But but I, there is a way in which I always felt comfortable, like I belonged. And so I think mm. it helped me like move through the business and not get too glamored. I think people get caught up when they get glamored by it. Um, but I just was really interested in making things happen. Like I'm a natural producer, you know, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to like move things along. So. All of my Howard DC experience is about being in the music space and meeting people who, you know, eventually became bigger artists. I say all that because when I come to Philly, the first I'm introduced through a mutual friend to Rich Medina. So he's like my first Philly friend. And then I meet Lady Alma and then, you know, yeah. meet all the folks behind Black Lily. And I had had like an online friendship with Questlove already. Um, who didn't <laughs> at that time, like so many people, you know, he was so friendly on the boards and mm-hmm. on AOL and things like that. And so I just, that, that I replaced one city for the next in some ways. And I still, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people that I knew in high school who are now in the business, still know mm-hmm. those people, still know people from, you know, Atlanta, DC, Philly, um, but anyway, while I was in grad school, I was not completely focused on school. I was young. I went to grad school at 23, <laughs> you know, and I just think about like 
it wasn't clear what I should be doing. And I don't really think my program was that strong in terms of um, offering like a firm education. Like the people who did really well were much older, you know, mm-hmm. in the program. And they were like clear about what they wanted. Um, but I ended up making films about music. And so I was still finding myself mm. um, in the environment. And um, my thesis film, See Not Heard, um, when I graduated, I ended up getting more money to make it, you know, to tighten it up and took it to about 40 festivals worldwide. And a lot of those festivals at that time were like these hip hop festivals that emerged. This is like 2005, 2006 um, and women's festivals. And they were such like amazing spaces. And I met really amazing people that I'm still friends with to this day or colleagues or, you know, comrades in some way. Um, and sorry, this is so like long winded, but it like sort of sets it all up. Um, but I, when I came back to sort of at the, not came back, but at the end of this tour of the film, I knew I was going to have to stay in Philly because I had gotten married and my husband was in school. At 23? No, no, no. This is, by the time I graduated, I was 26. Okay. And then I ended up getting married at 27. So okay. I had the film on the road and then got married. Um, so then I was like, well, what am I going to do if I'm in Philly? I didn't feel like I could become a filmmaker. Like I was applying for grants and not getting them. And so I was like, I've got to get a job, but I want to stay involved in film. And so I had this idea to start a film festival. I don't know what made me think I could do it. I just felt like I could. I had done um, a women in hip hop festival, like a one day thing with Michelle Bird McPhee, who now has Ladies of Hip Hop Festival. We had put together a one-day program at Painted Bride called Fresh mm-hmm. with a PH um, <laughs> that was, like, really great. You know, and we had film, we had performance, and all these things. And that basically was the format um, that we did for the Black Lily Festival. Um, but Black Lily, the series, actually ended while I was shooting my film. So I document that end in the film. And mm. then um, when I was trying to think of a name for my festival... My logo from back then is like this little black girl with Afro puffs sitting in this lotus because I just love flowers and hippie things. And so I was like, oh, should I call it like orange lotus or like pink blossom? Or, you know, I was like, what I'm going to call this? And then it just hit me. I was like, yo, if I call it Black Lily, it's hip hop, it's feminist, like people are going to get it marketing wise. They'll they'll totally Mm -hmm. understand it. So I approached the Jazzy Fat Nasties and asked them, I was like, hey, like the series is over. Can I use this name? And okay. they, they said, yes, they were like, not only can you use the name, we're interested in film as well. The same struggles that w- women have in film, they have in music. So like we should do a women in music festival. So we worked on the festival together. So we did 2007, 2008, started a nonprofit, kind of like opened up this thing. But and then the 2008 um, crash hit and it was just too mm-hmm. hard to kind of keep going. Like we didn't know what we were doing. It was so much work. Um, but we did it. I mean, the festival was great for those two years, we brought, you know, Amy Winehouse, her only Philly performance was with us. You know, the films that we screened are still, I mean, yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, And I got the bug for film programming doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's that. And I will. And then (laughs) Black Star is filmed from there. You better drink some water. (laughs) So Black Star comes at another moment when I find myself, so we ended the festival in 2008 after the 2008 crash. So we did the two. And then um, 
I I did so many things um, along the way. I started managing Black Thought. I managed Ursula Rucker. I managed an artist named Ethel C. I was also working at a foundation full time. I was still making films like for Visit Philly and things like that, like these smaller docs. I was teaching Temple, Villanova, like all these different schools. And when I look at my CV sometimes, particularly between 2007 and 2010, it seems unreal that one person was doing all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was just, I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I, that is the one thing that I'm like, I really need a new therapist because my old therapist has not helped me uncover sort of what was gnawing at me to be this busy. Mm. But the only mm. thing I can think of is that sometimes depression manifests as mania, you know, mm. and a kind of like overworking and undervaluing and feeling mm. like you got to like achieve, achieve, achieve. And it's not only conscious. Because it wasn't like, what are the accolades for? It was just like taking on shit and not wanting to be mm-hmm. home in my depressed ass house, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you bury it in work and in, in being, um, yeah. being busy and being um, active and being, what is the word? Productive. 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 Mm-hmm. You think you're being productive, but you're just spinning. Yeah. I don't even But you were productive. We've read your bio. <laughs> Well, I'm really good at spin. Um, No, I mean, I I was productive, but it was productive for what? Right. Like when I think about the things that I really want, my Mm. marriage was not good. I did Mm. not have the family that I wanted. I still don't. Right. Like that to me, all of that I could throw away if I had these other things. Like I don't Mm. and I don't think I had a goal for any of that either. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't me making a film or having a fashion line. Byproduct of you avoiding. Mm-hmm. It's it's a byproduct maybe of you avoiding, but also you putting into practice this skill set mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe it's maybe or this power that you have. I hate the word manifestation, but like produce. I don't know. We'll say the word producing, but like the skill set that you have of like just like you said, not everybody can say. I'm going to start this thing and then it becomes huge and it becomes influential and it becomes like this inspiring, like not many people can do that. That's the That's thing, like a though. magical skill. So maybe, I don't know if it's, I don't like to think of it as misplaced, but like you're still practicing, you're still doing this other thing. No, that's true. And I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't derive some joy out of it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate when I accomplish something. And so there is a kind of joy, even if it's a masochistic one, in finishing the things that I start. Mm -hmm. And I like to finish them in a certain way. I like for things to be tight. I like for things to be beautiful. Um, Rashid often talks about, like, making worlds, Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the thing that I'm interested in. And so Mm -hmm. if that world is in a film or if that world is a community, (laughs) you know, like a festival. That's the word. But that's the thing I think that we need to get at is what is this thing? Like we were mentioning Black Star, but I don't know if everyone who listens in London and Germany and all these different places know what that is. Yeah. Tell us about Black Star. What is it? Black Star Film Festival. Short, short, but concise. Yeah, so Black Star, 
film festival started in 2012. Um, I had um, all of the things that I was telling you about this like fulcrum of like mad nonsense. I wanted to run away from, and so I did. And I left Philadelphia. I applied to CalArts, and I was doing a second MFA in costume design um, because I was thinking about Little May. What does she want to do? She cares about clothes. She cares about world making. Costume design makes sense, right? Mm. So I get a divorce. I like move, and I'm like out of Philly. I think, <laughs> and. Um, then I hated school and I was just like, this time I'm 33 and I felt like, you know, I'm not sleeping on nobody's couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, what am I going to do while I'm here? And the job that I had had here invited me back with a raise. And I was like, okay, I'll come back. And so I found myself back in Philly in 2011 and it was a similar impetus to starting Black Lily, the festival. I was like, if I'm going to be in Philly, I want to be involved in film. So I started curating film, um, a film series with my friend Sarzia about films and social change. And that led to Black Star eventually. And so that first year, I thought Black Star was a one-off program. I didn't realize when we started talking about it that it was going to be four days and that it was going to be annual. Um, but that first year, 1,500 people came. We had 40 films from all over the world, and here we are. So when you <laughs> so, have an elevator yeah. pitch for Black Star, what do you say it is? Mm. She's refusing to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm going to push. <laughs> I'm pushing. Black Star now is no longer a festival, right? It okay. is The festival is one of the many programs that we do, but we uplift the voices of Black, Brown, and Indigenous filmmakers and visual artists. Yeah. So it's, it is a four day festival. There's programming there. They also have, um, what do we just do? Programming around black star live media. There's freaking a magazine, an archival magazine that just was released. And maybe that'll be an annual thing. Just like bringing together, sharing information about all different types of, films for people all around the world um just saved in this beautiful book with wonderful interviews and photography and silly but incredibly funny black star live the talk show that they had during the black star um black star live is different from the show that they i get confused with the black star live we're gonna change the name yeah okay but just like multimedia type of space but always around black artwork and in, in film and media in particular. Um, and it's big time, like all types of folks, Ava DuVernay, freaking all these film. I'm just learning about all the black filmmakers. That's all you know. Through Rashid Ava and Mayori. <laughs> that all of our raggedy guests can, can speak to and be like, oh my God, that's crazy. Spike Lee, all types of different folks. And this is the space where if you're an aspiring filmmaker if you get accepted to black star you're like big deal you're so excited it's a place for validation it's a place for like just seeing shit that you just don't see everywhere you can't see everywhere you don't have access to um and it's not like the same old mainstream stuff either so it's just like really 
high quality, beautiful artwork in a, in, in, your, in a theater with other folks of color watching these films and then afterwards four black people using big ass words. And I'm just like, what? And critiquing these films. And I'm like, what? That does make sense. So it's, and then there's parties and it's just, it's an incredible um, space that, that you've built. Um, but you said in a recent, around Black Star and this space that you've created, you said we need more space for work by folks of color to be lovingly critiqued by other folks of color. And so Antoinette and I are, are ruthless in so I many know. ways. <laughs> we just talk shit about people and I know, but, but like... You're more ruthless than me. I know, I know. And if we ever do become like anything, it's all going to come back in my face and be like, we remember when you something. had said that shit about? And I'm be like, damn, fucked up. But anyway, we, it seems like we are going through this like black renaissance of sorts and like, any film that comes out, everybody's like, oh, it's amazing because, like, a black person did it and black people are in it. And, like, Queen and Slim was not a good movie. And <laughs> I am i don't understand why people can't, like, it feels it, it feels almost taboo. <laughs> she didn't went off camera. <laughs> she didn't well, That's my why opinion, would you say That's that with her you. on here? That's not on you, Mayori. That's my opinion. Why are you but like I think, this? She can't because I think it's an. I'm not. I'm not saying that she said that. That's my. Uh, that's my opinion. But I hate you. I think that it's important that we have these spaces. Or do you think that because we're in this renaissance, so to speak, and this is a time where black artwork, black film is like like everybody's seeing it. Everybody's appreciating it. Everybody's, you know, having access to it in a particular way. Does it hinder the honest conversations around like, is that really good work? Is that really good writing? Just because it's a black person, do we have to, are we kind of inhibited in some ways because we don't want to, you know, take away that shine or, or seem like we're haters in any way? Do you feel that way? Queen? Um, I, I do not feel like we cannot critique the work, right? Which is something I'm very invested in. I think social media makes us mm. all behave like high school students or like a church, you know, or any kind of congregation. And so there's a way in which things become popular and people don't even watch it. They'll be like, yo, that shit is amazing. And then you find out they didn't watch it. It's just that kind of like, I shouldn't even blame it on high school or church. It's just human, like this aggregate population, right? Like people just start repeating things. And I think it is, for me, it's social media. Because I think if we were having this moment without Instagram and Twitter, we would find people writing a critique and like being very honest and not feeling like the artist was going to like at them, <laughs> you know, or the artist's mm -hmm. best friend, right? Like we're in a whole nother environment because the line has collapsed between the, you know, when you think about like, um, like the estates of government, right? And there's like the press and the this and the that. When it comes to art, there that is flattened because the same person who writes about you follows you and it feels mm. like they're your friend. And so you don't want to talk badly about your friend. And there's also a way in which I feel like it mimics, I do want to think about high school because there are like popular people. And so if somebody's popular, then we can't critique them because they're popular. They can do no wrong, even if they do. And there's so many artists for whom that is true right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that they cannot be critiqued, but we have created an environment where they won't be. 
you know? And, and I think we, we've created that environment and called it protection. Yes, and put we the have. guise of protection on there. We have. And I also think black people should be free to make mediocre work, right? True. Not everything we do has to be excellent, right? Like, that's white supremacy, too. That everything we do has to be excellent is not fair. Or like, excellent to we... certain standards. Because I think Queen and Slim was its own thing. I don't think it was really based but in I'm like a reality. Of, right. But I, I'm saying you know when I, I saw mean? that, I, the first thing mm-hmm. I thought was like, they just went and did their own thing. They wanted to yeah. show a visual masterpiece and yeah. the story was secondary. Period. Point. I don't care. What, in my mind, the story was secondary. Yeah. Point blank. Period. And that's okay. Right? Like, why can't we make whatever the film is without it yeah. needing to, yeah, be everything to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what you're saying, too. So it's like, it can be mediocre. It could also just be what it is. It could be, uh, if you're not into, I don't know. I, yeah, I think we make these films, like, they have to be everything to everybody, and it's impossible. And that is feeding into the same sort of, yeah, I like to say everything's white supremacy. And that one is one that I feel. <laughs> But I also think we should be able to make bad film. Now, the problem is that I think where the protection comes is because it felt like prior to this moment that if you made a bad, that you got one shot. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm. people were protective of black filmmakers because it was like, you want that person to get another shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, oh, we got to say this is great so that this person gets, you know, or yeah. I would argue that not only do you just get one shot, but it's possible that even if you even if you're on a pedestal, you can get knocked the fuck down real quick if you mess up. Mm-hmm. Because Lena has done bril- not again not making this about Queen Queen and Slim. She's done brilliant work, and people were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, she's she she fell off." How? It's one well, project. Parker gets to come back, so I don't know about that. Hello. Not every Spike Lee movie was great, in my humble no. opinion. That's true. I mean, it's impossible. And that's okay. Right? Yeah. Not every Scorsese film is great. I mean, that's no. the thing. Like, no no one artist, not every Stevie Wonder album is amazing. No. And they don't have to be, you know? Heard that. He made enough what? genius <laughs> that he can afford to make What the Fuss. Beyonce doesn't have Did- album of the year yet. She hasn't made an album of the year yet. She hasn't made an album She of made the a year visual yet. masterpiece. Taylor Swift's made three. Fuck Taylor Swift. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Pissing me off. I love Taylor Swift's... Uh, listen, anyway, that's a whole other thing. I can go on about my Taylor Swift. Um, name three of your favorite movies. Mm. Well, I always say Amelie. Because um, mm-hmm. I think that film turns me on in a certain kind of way. Um, and, and says so much about the kind of film I want to make. That's like this mm. intersection of whimsy and magical realism and like has these like low-key social justice things that it's doing and it's really beautiful and the costumes and the setting and everything um and it's of course it's a love story uh daughters of the dust Mm -hmm. i also feel like woke me up at a certain time in my life i watched a lot of these like merchant ivory films when i was like 14 or so like around 92 and i think about chocolate and like water mm-hmm. for chocolate and daughters like they all came to me at the same time and daughters is one that I kept studying I kept going back to 
as I was like progressing in school and learning so much about myself and the work. And so it just holds like a really special place. And I still haven't seen anything like it. Like Julie Dash totally subverts like everything we understand about three-act structure, everything we understand about heroes and like antagonists. And it just, I don't know, it's incredible. Um, what else? What would be a good third? I really like the documentary Life and Debt by Stephanie Black, um, which, again, I mean, I've, I hadn't thought about this before, but it like it turned me on in this way. Like when I saw the film, the things that um, she does with the film, it's about debt and structural inequity and like just all these things that I could not explain in an articulate manner. But I felt like I understood when I finished watching the film what was wrong with the World Bank mm. and how the World Health Organization and the IMF, how they like put the squeeze <laughs> on the global south, you know? And I felt like it was about Jamaica. She sets it in this community. There's like these beautiful portraits of like Nyabingis and like just people like on the farm. I mean, it's, it's so incredibly like. Life and debt. Debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I my, uh, let y'all go get write these down, everybody. You know, you ain't seen none of them movies, so you better write it down. Get your education. It was the first doc that I had seen that just had like I don't know the the again like the political mandate was clear. The love she has of this community is clear. I love the history in it, but yeah, it it is a really good doc for me. Nice. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up very shortly, but. This is something that I'm always so curious about you um, is your relationship with your intuition because you've had really amazing, as of recently, just really amazing opportunities come to you that many people would be like, what, what? And you've very humbly and thoughtfully put them down. or decided against them, rather. And I'm just curious how much of that is connected to your intuition about something, or is it just you being, like, logistical and strategic? Do you, when you, before you do things, do you feel them? Do you see them? Or are you, like, kind of, like, building it, putting the pieces together? Mm. What a question. So I am not strategic in my own life the way that I am on a project, right? Like Mm. in a work environment on a project, I am able to see the fine details and the bird's eye view and like go, this is how we attack. In my life, I am a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my like Mars and Leo and Mercury and Aries is always like reacting, reacting, reacting. Like there is no, there's no direction. Um, so I, I have a strong intuition that is not disciplined and honed in the ways that it should mm. be. So sometimes things come to me and I have to be like, oh shit, you know, um, how do I respond to this? But I, I can't say that I am yet moving with confidence about what comes to me. Um, so I'm still, there's a lot of work that I have to do for that. Um, that said, I'm not exactly sure which opportunities you're thinking of, but I know that I, probably because I've had a thousand jobs, I know that there's another job. Mm. And so there's a way in which 
I have been unafraid to quit mm. or to bounce because I know I can. But And the only reason I know I can now is because I have, right? Like, I've been fired. I've been, you know, I've left. And everything's been okay over how many times. And so I think now um, I feel maybe not totally comfortable, but, like, that's probably okay if I, like, mm. jump off the edge a little bit. Does that answer your question? Yeah. No, okay. that answers it. And then, you know, you're, you're a leader to a lot of people. Um, I think this is something that Antoinette and I are learning now um, in different ways. But, like, what can you tell me some things you know for sure about having hard conversations over your years of having many jobs, of being in this space of leadership? What can you share? And it may, maybe it's not even what... And I'm not even asking about gems or anything, but like, what do you know about having hard conversations? Wait, can you ask that again? What do you, what can you share Just that, about having you know? hard conversations? Yeah. In a place of leadership, mm. you know, cause you've worked with friends, you've made friends through this, but it's also through work. It's yeah. It's just life having lots of jobs. Yeah. Uh, also, I thought this was going to be way more ratchet. This is like <laughs> low-key therapy. Um, so I Shanti, do not appreciate this. Shanti wrote the questions thus far. <laughs> uh, see, that's people. <laughs> I thought we were going to be talking about dicks and the lack thereof. Um, no. I'm sorry. I wanted to go down that route. As soon as you brought it up in the beginning, I said, oh, skirt. <laughs> Let's pivot. See, well, like, you guys got you guys got my love and light part. These are just <laughs> things that I'm interested in. So these yeah. are the parts that I'm. So the thing with hard conversations, you know, I've overshared so much this evening about <laughs> my upbringing and all of that. And for whatever reason, astrological nurturing, jobs having, etc., I am able to compartmentalize relationships, right? Mm. And so when I work with friends, and this doesn't always work because not everybody can do this, but I am able to, I have had bosses who like read me out on some work shit and then we go get drinks. And mm. I'm able to separate those things. It is not, I don't, because I don't take it personally. I'm like, that's your shit about work. And this is a separate relationship over here. And I don't know why that is. Um, Maybe I'm because who I am, I need to be that. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like we're so similar. No, we're not. <laughs> the fuck, like what? You're dead to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I mean that's something that I've been able to do, and I have learned that not everybody can do that, right? Like mm. being the leader of things, whether or not I want it to be, has taught me how other people take my behavior, right? Like I've had, um. You know, I have said something to someone that I thought was about work and it seemed harsh and they were like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And I've had mm. to be like, oh, like we can't go to the mall now. You know what I mean? Like it was like they were like, no, they were answering that. They were like, you are dead to me. And um, it was I the other way around. I could do that with other people. I could <laughs> tell could people about you. themselves. <laughs> I can't. They can't ring. They can't come at me about my shit. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was you and we worked together. If it was me, I'd tell these motherfuckers, like, yo, you're not pulling your weight. 
This is unacceptable in a loving way. <laughs> um, See, this is therapy. So there here. have been some relationships that have been messed up in that way, right? And I, mm-hmm. I somewhat regret that, but also like, how else do you learn? Um, but generally, I err on the side of having hard conversations because it's better to have them now than to let shit fester. Like I'm not yeah. interested in being passive aggressive. I'm not interested in being nice in someone's face and talking badly about them behind their back. That is something that really bothers me when people are able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a fan of hard conversations and I think I'm a fan of them too. You know, I've had them with some really, really dear friends and it makes the, to me, it like makes the relationship stronger. And if it doesn't, then you need to know that too. Because if we can't have this hard conversation, that says everything about our relationship. You know? Yes. Yes. All right. I have something. You're near the end. I'm sorry it was so love and light. These are things that I'm interested in. So that's because Shanti's uh, obsessed with you. <laughs> they, they, they're deep. just deeper things. Um, Wait. But I think they're also super. What? What are you about to do? You can't end it because I have something. Oh, go ahead, girl. Yes. Here you go. Here we go. Every guest on this show has to do rapid. Oh, no. I wasn't going to end it without that. Oh, has to do rapid fire questions. And Shanti has been bumping her gum. So I'm going to do it this time. Okay. Mayori, these rapid fire questions are either this or that. You have two seconds to make your decision. And I'm sure you've heard these things. So this should not be that hard. I'm going to throw in some new ones. Okay. Are you ready? No. (laughs) Ah, Girl. Yes, you are. Ready? Okay. Sure. All right. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Come on. There's no contest. You can't can't explain. (laughs) Okay. Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Wow, two seconds. Familial happiness. Jay or Nas? Jay. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? Mm. Wow. The concept of two seconds is... In the light. (laughs) Prince or Michael? Michael. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Marriage or long-term commitment? Marriage. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Voodoo or brown sugar? Brown sugar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I'm telling Rasheed. Mar- uh, I did that one. A seat at the table or lemonade? Love what? Oh, lemonade. Is, and you said or lemonade. Was that the option? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Two seconds. Nikki or Cardi? Cardi. Evolution or creationism? Evolution. Missionary or doggy? <laughs> Missionary. Protection or pull out in prayer? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That means pull out in prayer. I'll, I'll, yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> is it Uchi Wali Wali or is it one mic? 
No, one mic. Is it Black Girl Lost or Shorty or You for Ice? What's the second one? See, that's Black Girl Lost. If you're a real Nas fan, you'll know that reference. <laughs> I am not a Nas fan. Oh, all right. So. Well, there it is. He won a Grammy. What? <laughs> Love Jones or Jason's Lyric? Love Jones. Sir Rumi. <laughs> oh. Which one of the motherfuckers? Nuck if you Aww. buck or Annie up? Nuck if you buck. <laughs> 9 11, inside job or terrorist attack? Both. <laughs> That's not how this works. You gotta pick one, Meg. Okay, okay. Um, I'll say terrorist attack. Doesn't say who the terrorists are. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna or Beyonce? Mm-hmm. Rihanna. Big ear pop. Ooh, I hate you. Oh, what are we talking about? Come Big on ear now, pop Big what? or Pac. Come on. Okay, Pac, because I wanted to marry him. Teddy Riley or Babyface? Babyface. Um, she's Gotta Have It or More Better Blues? Ooh, More Better Blues. Erica or Jill? Ooh, Erica. Living Single or Friends? Obviously. <laughs> Living Single. Flats or Drums? Flats or Drums? Chicken wings, girl. Oh, you're so sweet, man. Like, <laughs> she said flats or drums. The drum line. <laughs> that was penis references. Is that a <laughs> lingo for sexual? I don't like chicken. What does that mean? I haven't thought about it. I don't like chicken. Um, but if oh, I you don't eat chicken? Choose, I'm not a fan, but I would say drums. That I'm not a fan tells us everything we need to know. <laughs> Netflix or Hulu? Um, Netflix. Cardi or Megan? Uh, homecoming or Black is King? Black is King. Hmm. Sydney Poitier or what's the other light skinned one that fell asleep Harry in that Bella interview? Fonte. Yeah. Harry Belafonte. He could get it. He could still get it. He cute. <laughs> you know, at 102. <laughs> he could get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, buy stocks or buy flights? Mm. Two seconds. Ah. Prove your point or pray for peace? Prove your point. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crown or Henny? <laughs> Henny. Frank Ocean or Daniel Caesar? Daniel Caesar's dead. He died. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad question. Sundress or sweatpants? Mm, sundress. Toni Morrison or Alice Walker? Toni Morrison. Love and Light or Money and Dicks? <laughs> Love and light. Oh, girl. All that. <laughs> All that. Childish. Talk about money and dick. She childish. Girl. It's childish. Grow <laughs> 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 oh, up. That, those are hard. Those are like. Those are hard. I wish no I, I should have prepared some harder ones binary. for you. I am question non binary, okay? <laughs> I am on a spectrum. <laughs> which god? Which Godfather is the best Godfather? None of them. You don't like the Godfather? That's an excellent film. Don't upset me. I'm Italian. <laughs> okay. You don't like Casino? <laughs> she don't like none of the mobster movies. Mm-mm. No, she said she like whimsy, love stories, true romance. 
And costumes. Have you seen True Romance? Mayori, how much do you love the never-ending story? I'm not a huge fan. I do. You know, I'm not really into fantasy. What? You don't like Avatar? Listen to our simple asses. (laughs) No. (laughs) I love story, bitch. Like, I'm trying to You don't like Avatar? No, I'm not. I don't dislike it. I've seen it, but that's I'm not just laughing at how basic we that's are. That's what I said. That's what I You ain't like um. What's another? You don't like it? Basic. Little Mermaid. I'm trying to think of an example. Stella got her groove back. I'm sorry. I'm actually. I actually am a theater theater major. I know better than this. I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. No, it's fine. I, I love it. Waiting to Exhale is an amazing film, though. It's a terrible Waiting film. Waiting to Exhale but is it's an just a, a sight to see. It's just... It's fun. Do you Every film have... has its place. What know? did you feel about Lovecraft Country? She doesn't like horror. All right, you didn't well, watch it, let's did end this. <laughs> what about embarrassing <laughs> myself? <laughs> I think you I need to read this. What's is the a most love re- story. <laughs> <laughs> you need to read this. This is I the coldest winner ever. What is the most seen- recent TV thing that I've. Re- Did you watch um, I May Destroy You? I saw the first episode. Shout out to you. And let me say what's been going on with me. So I have been avoiding hard things okay. because I, if I watch it late at night, like that is what I will go to sleep with. Like I watched Ginny and Georgia all the way through yesterday because I was like half watching it and some heavy shit happens in that series. And like last night I dreamt about it. So I have to feel oh, like I have to be sensitive. really careful with myself with what I take in. Yeah. And I don't think about watching them during the day, you know, because I'm working. So I've been missing quite a bit because I feel like I'm just in Zoom all day and then I don't watch anything serious at night. And I well, used don't. to go to the movies, you know, like I would go to the movies every Sunday yeah. and that's when I would see real shit. I would go to the movies like church at like two o'clock on a Sunday and make sure that I saw everything. But watching it at home at night is just not happening. So I've missed a lot. And I know I made destroy you as a TV show, but still in the same same pocket of my space. Did you watch the Bridgerton thing that everybody was talking about? Of I course did. you did. I knew it. Yeah. It was good. It's it's, it's all good? it's this man having sex all the time with his booty out. My mom was it's, really Oh really? About it. It's it's highly sexual, huh? It's highly sexual. It's delicious. But I mean, I watched Judas because I knew it was going to expire. So, I was like, I got to watch this before HBO snaps it, you know? Um, but I I haven't seen Lovecraft cuz I was scared of it when I heard about like the body, the skin peeling and all of that, I was nervous. Yeah. I came bustling into the world during one of New York's worst snowstorms. So my mother named me winter ghetto born winter is the young girl, wealthy daughter of the prominent Brooklyn drug dealing family girl, quick witted, sexy. Ain't nobody reading that girl. 500 motherfuckers is reading this with me and Jay. So you kiss my ass. This is a great book. All right, thank you so well, much. Well, Mayori, <laughs> you've been up. All, I'm sorry. She's going to have nightmares now about this. <laughs> She's like, why did I talk to them dummies? No. Oh, my gosh. Thank you all so much. I'm Mary, sorry I dragged on so long about my I think I think it was rich. I think it was rich with information. And I could go on. I have even more things to ask you later. So Creep. anytime. Shout Shanti. out to that.
shout out to that. And um, all right, well, you can email us about things that you need edited out <laughs> if you need. <laughs> we'll do our best. Also, going on and on about dicks. You can take that out. When did you go um, on and on about penis? I was just like being. You silly, you like, keep hey, interjecting hey, about hey, how you're not going on and on <laughs> about penis. <laughs> it's actually you haven't mentioned it once. But not you keep once. Saying, but like, we can. I keep we can do about a part two. Dick I ain't getting. We can do a part two, sis. Because this that's when I'm gonna come alive, baby. I'm be like, girl, this big. <laughs> what is that? This is my little air AirPods. And that is the size of the penis. The last penis that you sent me, Shanti. Thanks. Sorry. With that, we're out. You sending out penis, Shanti? Girl. Yeah. Like Shanti tried to hook me up this weekend with a child. <laughs> I did. I'm trying to hook her up. But girl, you, girl, I ain't even had to do nothing for you to see his penis, child. I said, hi, this is. So two seconds later, he was like, his penis You is just this. said it on the episode, and <laughs> this has to be edited out. I'm dying. We're leaving. You better blurp that, Shanti. You're editing this. I am horrified. Girl, I ain't push it too hard for you now. Y'all just got together Shanti. like magnets. That was karmic All right, we, things we're that had to you happen. You just went crazy town. So... Mayor, right, thank y'all. you so much for being here. Please thank tell you. the people where they can follow you. Oh, um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Mayori Carmel. All right. And you can learn about the upcoming festival. Oh, yeah. You can learn about Blackstar on all those same channels at Blackstar Fest. And our website is blackstarfest.org. Hallelujah. Thank you again, Mayori. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. So, so much. We are out. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. Look, I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. I don't know nobody else that's doing this. Body start to drop, ayy, hit the floor. Now they wanna know me since I hit the top, ayy. This a rolling, not a stop. Watch, don't ever stop. This the flow that got the block hot, got super hot, ayy.